Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, and welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. This is the 100th episode of our show. So I thought I'd do something. When I first started Social Jello with Angelo, um, I failed so badly by not presenting any topics. I have some guys saying, "Hey, what's up?" And and oh, oh, I should probably mention because it is the hundredth episode. I have I have randomly invited a lot of different people to jump on the show. So get ready because while I'm talking, people are going to be jumping in. For example, hello, Renato. How's it going? Can Renato hear me? Webcam utility. Okay, so Renato's still figuring out stuff. Rob Roland, can you hear me? Rob Roland still figuring out stuff. Okay, so <laughs> while they figure no. out their stuff, what's can you up? Hear me? I don't yeah, hear you. I can hear you. You can't hear me. I can hear Morning. You. I don't hear you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hear me. Aloha. Aloha. Yeah, we. Aloha. we. <laughs> um, here we go. Evan, Angela, you had, you told us none of us what's going on. I hear like we're being at a surprise party, or one of us being called out for something. <laughs> what's going on here? It's like a. It's like a surprise. It's like a, it's like a surprise black belt test. <laughs> I didn't have my drinks ready, man. What's going on? Oh, you oh you didn't have your drinks ready. Okay, yeah, guys, get your drinks. Um, Rob, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, what's up? Oh, okay, cool. So, right, all right. so for anybody listening to the podcast version of this mess, <laughs> um, like I said earlier, I have a lot of different people coming in. And um, I invited a lot of people. We'll see who shows up. This is the hundredth episode. When I first started, yeah, social, yeah, yeah. and like I was telling everyone here, like the when I first started Social Jello with Angelo, there was no format. Like as things progressed, a format, I came up with something and, and started sticking to it, and and the whole martial arts thing probably started about three years back. So for the hundredth episode, I kind of wanted to go back to that where there really isn't a format. It was just a conversation. Like if you look at the first episode, I interviewed uh, I interviewed an expat who was my coworker, who was also the producer of the original show. And, oh, I heard something. I heard some feedback. I think Renato, can you hear? Oh, he's Whoa. there it is. Okay, Renato can hear us. Hello, Renato. Can you hear us? Can yes. you hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we could hear you the whole time, actually. Oh really? Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we heard everything you said. Every oh. every dirty little word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like I was telling them, um, for the hundredth episode, there is no format. I just wanted to have some people come by, and hang out, and just talk about whatever comes up. Um, I'm drinking. I think I'm drinking sochu. I think. But when Either I that or rat poison. What's the difference between yeah. sake and that? <laughs> so uh is made with potatoes and it doesn't taste like sake. It's got like a little bit of a stronger taste. And sake is made with rice. So yeah. and I'm also drinking a beer. Uh thanks oh. Rob for coming out. It's like 2 a.m. for Rob. It's like 2 a.m. for we have Boston, Austin, Texas, and France. France. Yeah. Yeah. I Boston, think Boston, Austin, and France. Yeah, Boston, Austin, France. What time is it in Boston there? Three. Three. Okay. So he's like, he's like, Rob. All right. Well, cheers. 
Uh, before you do a cheers, uh, Anthony, you and I have not officially met, I believe. <laughs> nice to meet you, John. <laughs> nice to meet you too, Anthony. <laughs> okay, now we can drink. <laughs> oh, cheers. Oh, cheers. cheers. I'm cheers. in the crack now. <laughs> So, 9 a.m. What the hell is that? Oh, your rat poison. Might yep. be rat poison. Well, if I, what a way to go in the 100th episode. <laughs> 100th episode. It's a great show, but I can only do it once. <laughs> one shot, one kill. John, guess what? It's your show now. <laughs> passing, it, passing the torch on to John. <laughs> Congratulations on the hundredth episode! Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was saying, um, it all worked. It all worked out like the way, not the way I intended, but I'm happy with how it how it turned out, and I'm happy with um, with the direction the show is going. And I'm trying to bring in a little more psychology. So, for anybody listening to the mess of all everyone connecting and everything, for all the listeners out there, thank you for listening, and I appreciate your support. Um, if for some reason this is your first episode, I'm so sorry because <laughs> this is not gonna be you could just please go back. Like I swear, baby, it's not always like this. I swear, baby. Come on. <laughs> so there is no format, but to kind of kind of get things going or rolling. How uh how's training going, John? Great, actually. Uh I would say uh I think everybody's been struggling because of COVID as uh, coaches, teachers and everything, having students come in, it's looking hopeful. Uh, half my students were not Japanese, which means if you guys ever worked with teenagers, you know, that as they graduate high school, they go off to university, you lose those students. It's the same thing here. I got foreign people who are here for three years and they leave eventually. Usually they're replaced by other foreign people, but that hasn't been happening because no one's flying in for the last three years. Uh, Japanese people are afraid to come in, but it's slowly coming back up. I'm feeling hopeful. I think uh, be, I, I'm feel, I think uh, we're doing well, and I kind of see a reflection going on the Rob School as well. Rob's school is looking pretty well. I saw your recent videos, Rob. Uh, you got uh, outside. Are you working at an elementary school? Uh, right now, I'm just using their kind of like a blacktop basketball area. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a, I guess, spoiler warning. Uh, I have a permanent location being built out right now. No uh, way! I know, yeah. I know, but I'm <laughs> congratulations, man. Congratulations, thank you. That's great. And also, congratulations to Rob. Oh, for those of you who are out of the loop of what's going on, we were talking about a, a, a martial art called Kajukembo. It's something that we all share in common. We all teach. We're all Kajukembo instructors. I should have said that first. I, uh, so we were talking about training. We're talking about martial arts. But I want to I want to congratulate Rob on hitting a thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel. For those of you who may have not subscribed, definitely check it out. Combat self defense. Defense. Okay. All right. I I I said it right. Yeah. Combat self defense. Uh, check it out. How um so I don't know how much you want to talk about that change. It's up to you. But how are things going with that? Uh, right. Now they're going really well. It's a strike while the iron's hot kind of situation. Um, I'll go ahead and spill. I don't care. Uh, I got fired from the dojo I was working at. Um, I've been planning for a while to move on with the Muay Thai team uh, to open up our own space. And the owner of the dojo found out and felt like he was being stabbed in the back because we were planning on leaving him and said, you know what? You guys can leave now. We tried to say, listen, like we weren't going to just leave today. 
we were going to say, hey, this is what's happening. We'll give you a couple weeks, a couple months, however long to transition and figure out what the next steps are going to be. But he was like, no, I want you out now. I said, okay. Uh, it's lost. This idea at the time. Uh, I told all the students who I spent, you know, every single class teaching that I, it was my last day. And they said, well, great. Then we're just going to cancel our membership and go with you. Yeah. <laughs> so he lost everybody for him. on fell swoop. Yeah. That sucks for him. Uh, but we've yeah. been training at a park. I told them it's going to be inconvenient for a little bit. We don't have bathrooms. We don't have you know air conditioning. We have a, a water fountain. But it's only 30 days. And then we get a 4,000 square foot facility. Great. With basically everything we're ever going to need. Uh, so like, if you guys stick it out with me, I'll grandfather you into whatever you're paying right now. If you wait to re-sign up when I open next month, then you're paying the new rates. Great, man. Yeah, Great news, really man. Nice. Yeah, it's really nice. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Congratulations uh-huh. on the on the move. That's uh, thank you. And um, you know, that's like, uh, like I said, I'm trying to I'm trying to avoid <laughs> saying the wrong thing. <laughs> keeping Take things, a shot, then you can say it. Yeah, keep, keeping yeah. things. Oh no, it's, I'm trying to avoid like because me and Rob talked have talked privately about his transition. I'm trying not to disclose publicly stuff that may be kept better private. After drinking, which is a huge challenge for me. But but I, I, I am gonna say I'm really happy for you. Going with the conversation we did have off screen about transitions and figuring out your life as a martial artist, right? Because like I was just listening to the Bruce Lee podcast, uh another great guest, Daniel Bolelli. If you haven't checked out the the Bruce Lee podcast that he did about his history. Um, definitely do. There's some really crazy things about Bruce Lee I didn't know. And one of them was that he really was a struggling martial artist up until he got big into Hollywood. And then very easily, if that wouldn't have worked out, we probably would have never been having this conversation about Bruce Lee. Cause it, it, it did not look like it wasn't looking good for a while there. Like he was already, he dropped out of college. He moved in to one of, I believe if I got the history, one of Ed Parker's students gave him a place to stay. So he was living there and the guy's wife was dying of cancer. So he, he, so Bruce Lee and his wife were helping him take care of the wife and they were living at his house. So they didn't even have a place to stay at one point. And this was all happening when he was trying to get his stuff going down in California and trying to get his career started as an actor, but things were not going well. The Green Hornet was not going well. It got canceled. So like, you kind of look at things like that, it kind of puts things into perspective as as trying to like that whole martial arts life balance. Like how am I going to make money to pay my bills and how am I going to keep doing this thing that I love? So yeah, that's, that's awesome that, that that's that you're, that you're going in that direction, man. Renato. It definitely sounds glamorous when you put it that way. <laughs> 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 you are the next Bruce Lee. You are the next Bruce Lee. Remember that. Yes. Never know. You're, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Renato, how are things going with you, man, on your front? How's how's everything going? Great, great. Things are going great. Uh, just uh, giving a thumbs up to Anthony and Rob. I haven't had the pleasure to talk to them in, uh, in uh, Zoom, at least. <laughs> so it's great. Um, and for you, to, for you too, of course. Uh, oh, uh, lo- love to see you all of you again. Um, so things are going great. We're starting the, the season right now. Uh, so things are going 
Actually, I, I, I'm, uh, I've made some changes from the last year. I was giving uh, training sessions five, six times a week. And this, uh, this year, I decided to make it uh, two times a week and concentrate myself uh, in other things. Uh, even my training, uh, so so I decided to give less less classes and and make some some room to myself uh, because sometimes we just get lost in giving classes all day and yeah. uh, and that's 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 a bit hard. So so I decided to go let's let's get some give some time to myself, and but then things are are going great. I'm I'm starting with my school here in France uh, for the season. Things are going great with my other schools abroad in Portugal and um, Brazil. It's a bit bit complicated also right now, but uh, things are. You keep training. That's the most important thing, and uh, Argentina also. And uh, yeah, that's 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 the thing. I have some guys interested in other countries also, so things are going great. Studying with the means of possibility uh, and of course trying to be uh, together sometimes like uh, it's going to happen right now in december 11th we're going to be making a gathering of our uh, folks in garcia's method and uh, that would be a great opportunity to train along with the with guys that we don't see um, every day and because of covid we don't see them like in three years or something so that will be it will be, it will be great uh, I just, I just, I, I will go uh, about this right now to, to not to change the mood afterwards. <laughs> I just wanted to say some words about uh, Ayao Koa. I don't know if you know him, uh, but oh, yeah, he was yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a great, a great man in Kajukembo that, that died uh, yesterday or uh, Friday. I don't know. Uh, so he, he was a lot, a lot uh, within the spirit of Kajukembo, and I represented a lot of what Kajukembo is. And I would just want to say some words about about him. I think it's it's important. It was actually all of us in the community have something to 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 thank to him because he was the man that uh, with his sister Kalanikoa that uh, taken Siju uh, uh, in the last days of his life. So for me, that's real Ohana uh, over the, the the blood the blood connections that we have with each other. Someone that has no blood connections and and keep uh, and take care of of Sijo like he did with his sister is important. So big big hug to him wherever he is right now. And uh, life goes on. Aouiho, uh, ayao. Well, so cheers. Let's drink to that. Let's drink to that. You guys feeling a, a difference with COVID students? Like for me, the last week or two have been more hopeful. It seems like things are brightening up. Maybe it's here in Japan. Uh, has there been a time recently for you guys where you've seen noticed a change where things are starting to brighten up again? Yeah, I, I did. I really did. People just are going to contact you more. And I think people needed to come back. Yeah. And uh, that, that I think that that's that's the the feeling I'm having with with most of of students and new students that are coming. Also, yeah. people just need to come back. Of yeah. course, some are, are keeping the the slow motion uh, pace that we had in COVID. But uh, there are th there are others that are doing the the most they can to keep training and keep uh, going. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing if some students they need it just for mental mental survival yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, completely. We have more 
more going on in the Boston area. A lot yeah. more activity. My my younger son is fourteen, and the all him and all his friends are all playing sports and doing a lot. Great. Um, it seems seems to be people are pretty pretty relaxed in 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 the part of Massachusetts I'm in. And uh, Anthony, by the way, again, this is our first time meeting. Uh, thanks, Angelo. Uh, <laughs> I told you. Welcome to the 100th episode, guys. <laughs> I should have expected no format. Introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. I told you all that. There's no format. Can you see why my the show format was, is there is so nothing. successful? Like, <laughs> there is no spoon. Um, Anthony, I'm just curious about your school because I don't know anything about it. Uh, what's what's the story for your school? Uh, I mean, for me, I'm teaching out of community centers and a local dojo just on the weekends. When I what what's your Kajikamo connection at the I, moment? I, I've uh, I started a school. I think it was around 2000. It was it was earlier, but then it was 2005 officially, and then I had a I had a a space, and then um, and then I moved it, and then I moved it again, and then uh, when COVID hit. Um, I just went to my garage mm. and, um, and I, and I'm, my, I have a law practice oh, great. and, um, and I have some kids. So my, my time schedule didn't really allow me to do, to go kind of what I call go big. So my, my students never really had the kids component. Mm-hmm. So I always had, I had around five students always. And now I have about, I have two, two guys that come and train with me. And uh, with COVID, the way it was, we I, I cut down the volume, so we just do once a week right now. Um, but I go and I do judo, train with ju- uh, judo do dojo um, three times a week, so I'm two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And that actually is is ex- not exploding, but it's really kind of reigniting yeah. uh, right now. And um, they're they're like three or four Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys that join the dojo and. They got a bigger space because a gym that was in the building, I guess, couldn't couldn't make it anymore because mm-hmm. of COVID. So they took over that space. So, um, so I've been very active, trying just starting to get back into shape. I, I, okay. I, I did a, I did a session yesterday and I was I was really struggling, just to do the, just to do the, the, the calisthenics or the, the, <laughs> the cardio part of the class in the beginning. So, um, so I think things are looking up, looking up, but, uh, good. Anthony, I mean, you mentioned you do law practice. Yes. I, I'm a patent attorney and I do trademarks and copyrights too. Okay. 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 Yes. Yeah, just nice to meet you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> I know. And I have, um, oh, good. I, I've, I have, uh, uh, my teachers from the Western Massachusetts area, and uh, and I'm affiliated with the uh, Kinji Ohana. Kinji, and, okay. Uh, and senior grandmaster Kinji, his son Ron Kinji, mm-hmm. and um, Jesse Corpus. They're actually coming to to see us. They're coming to Boston initially, and then we're going to be spending the weekend in in Western Massachusetts in a couple of weeks. All right, right, right on. Uh, I forgot, uh, Rob Renato. What's where's your lineage? That's uh, so like uh, Angelo and Anthony. You got the Kinji. Lineage. Abad. No, uh, no uh, I, I come from the Abad lineage. Abad. I don't know. I said, you're Abad method. Yeah, yeah. I'm the Abad method. Um, 
I come from that method. And then um, I don't know how it's going to end up on the recording. I'm pointing towards Anthony, but then later in the recording, maybe Anthony's <laughs> over here. Right? So I should avoid. I should avoid pointing like everyone's going to be looking I'll at just, the right. Just do like this. I'll we'll go see. like this. <laughs> that guy over there. <laughs> Somewhere around here. Um, yeah, Anthony's tied to the Kenji Lynch. Rob, Rob, I know you said Renato. We'll go to Renato. Renato, what's the lineage you, you, you're tied to again? I'm with uh, Angel Garcia. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm, uh, Yeah, I'm a direct student of Angel Garcia. Okay. And, and then, Rob, you are? I'm under the Tony Lassett branch. So, okay. Okay. Tony Lassett to uh, Jay Vera is where I'm at. So I'm third Got generation. Got it. So, nice to have all these lineages here. Like, yeah, we should fight. Yeah, let's do it. Black screen. Well, of course. I mean, I'm running the meeting, so this is kind of unfair to all of you. So he's bringing my screen back. I'm gonna fill up my glass. <laughs> so um, yeah. But, the, but, um, by the way, I, I'm in. I'm in Kraken. You're, well, oh, you're ooh. doing Kraken. Ooh. I'm doing Kraken, man. That's the dark it's realm, like right? That's, for you. That's yeah, oh, the yeah, Kraken. Yeah. Oh, but I have, I have, I have green tea. I have green tea to help. So. Green tea. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were, I thought you were double fisted, man. You're like <laughs> cracking, wow. cracking, and, and drinking, and drinking some sort of other alcohol in the cup. I mean, I well, actually cracking no, in no. the tea. It's That's not Sam kind of what I'm doing. So. <laughs> So answering John's question, remember I told you a while ago that I had a feeling when things started calming down. Oh, cheers. Everyone cheers. 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 That I, I had a feeling that when things started to calm down out here, there would be an influx of new students. And I am seeing an influx of new students. Um, Good. I never told my family classes that I opened again because I was waiting for things to settle down. But I let the family classes and I, and I did change it. So I used to have a kid's class, but um, just I have the same issue as Anthony. I, I'm running. I have my Kaju Kimball school, but I'm running three. I'm running three different businesses. Four. I'm running four different businesses. So I have to really watch my time management. So like as much as I'd love to have a kid's class and then an adult class, I just don't have the time to do it. So, and on top of that, my instructor never did that either. He just did family classes. So like the people always, and then I feel for me, when I do it that way, it makes the kids that join take it more seriously because they see the adults training and then the kids training is exactly the same. It's, there's no, there's no difference between the two things. So if you're wondering where this is going, look at the adults. That's where it's going. Yeah. You kids, yeah. I'm a little more laxed about giggles and, and playing around and joking around and stuff. Than I am with the adults. The adults will do that, but that's about the only difference. Well, some and, adults uh, do that too, you know. <laughs> so, yes, some actually, uh, yeah, they do. Actually, <laughs> they do. Some adults do, especially doing grappling for the first time. I hear a lot of giggling happening. <laughs> so you um, know what? That, that, yeah, that's a great concept because um, here in Europe, we don't, we are not used to to make that family uh, not not as much as in the U.S. at least. They make that concept of family class, and I think it's very useful. And it's kind of um, making the the grassroots of the of the the school, you know. Mm -hmm. So we are we are mainly uh, because of um, physical training theories and uh, also legislation. We are not very inclined to do that. Mm -hmm. So 
some so we have to make a kids class and have to separate them in, in various levels and then uh, adults class so but I, I think i will try to to make that something uh going on here because i do like the concept i've i've been trained also sometimes in that uh, concept and i like it so it's it's very interesting well definitely the way you're doing it is easier <laughs> i mean as an instructor yeah. i'll tell you it's way easier when you have the kids in one class and you can do like a kids curriculum and the adult in another class yeah. and you can do like this focus curriculum but um yeah we focus in in their their needs of each each age or whatever yeah it's way easier to do but um but yeah it's definitely I, okay, and another thing john i was going to say last time I, I noticed like so john is always trying to get japanese people to take martial arts and self-defense seriously because japan is so quote-unquote safe that most japanese people when they come in are like eh, I, don't, I don't really don't need self-defense i mean it's not like anybody has any guns and it's not like there's that much violent and it's true i mean if you look up the world's safest mm -hmm. cities it's japan's cities are going to come up right. so they they do when they train they train for completely different reasons and it's not like the american reason the first thing i know i did kajikambo was because for self-defense so like john's always posting like person gets stabbed in the city another person gets stabbed in tokyo person yep. gets stabbed on train and he's yep. like that's like his i, I tried to but in fact my next podcast i'm gonna be doing uh I, i'm i'm in the works fit now and i only do like one or two podcasts a year now uh my next one i'll be talking about the legality of self-defense in america and japan and i will be talking about that i mean guns are not a thing to worry about in japan but there's knife attacks all the time uh, we were talking about the 2013, this this young lady who was being stalked and, you know, got murdered by her boyfriend with a knife. It happens. Japan is one of the safest places, and I love it. But this shit does happen. And here's the thing. I used to say that, too. I used to say that my area, I'm in the countryside. I'm not in the city. That stuff happens today after class, during the family class. We finished the class, and I made the mothers, because right now to run it, I have, I told the mothers that did not want to train, I said, well, they, they didn't say they didn't want to train. One of them wanted to train, the other one wanted to watch. And I said, it's easier if you all train. You don't have to, you can do whatever you want. It's easier if you all train. So they all started training and they like it and they enjoy it. So now what I do is part of the formatting is we get done with the lesson in an hour. We finish the curriculum we're going to follow. And then during free mat, I have the mothers spar because the mothers are usually watching the kids to make sure they're doing the drill correctly while I'm teaching the other adults to do whatever they're doing. So then at the end, during free mat, the mothers have to spar. So the mothers were doing their, today they were working on breaking clothes guard and going into side mount. And when they were finished, they said, do you also teach knife defense? And I said, I do. Why? And then one of the mothers told me that at her school, an elementary school, a kid got stabbed by with a pair of scissors by another kid. I believe it. In the hospital. They, didn't get, they didn't get like fatally wounded, but they ended up in the hospital and it was a serious injury. Yeah. And she was wondering, like, what what exactly do you teach like for that? And I said, here's the deal. And this is a complicated question. And I'll pass this on. I'm going to tell her the answer I gave. Then I'll have you all answer your answers for this. I said, I can teach you a technique to disarm or take away a knife. But I don't believe in any specific pattern for knife defense. And if you see some online video of some person doing this kind of stuff and then the person and like whatever, that to me is great and all, but the best way to do it is action. So check this out. So I hand, I grabbed the knife and I told Zoe my, my purple belt. I said, okay, 
I have a knife, Zoe. Here we go. Anything goes, let's spar. And I wasn't even wearing gloves. And he's, he's wearing MMA gloves. I'm like, let's go. We're going to go light, but we're going to go. Ready? Go. And um, immediately, me and Zoe did the, we were at far range. I started uh, doing a few test slices. I came in for the for the pivotal, pivotal uh, the sewing machine stab. And he immediately put a guard hand up, stopped the, stopped the attack hand, and tackled me to the ground. And then kept holding onto my knife, eventually trapping my hand, sticking his knee in my hand, and disarming me effectively. And then hey. we ended up in this in this 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 uh, melee attack where I'm, we're trying to scramble for the knife and we're punching and kicking each other, and on the ground in a tussle. But they watched this, and then when we were done, we got up, and I asked Zoe, "How many knife defenses have I taught you?" He's like, "None." <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. never. We, I'm only a purple belt. I just got my purple belt. We're supposed to start covering that stuff now. <laughs> and I said, yeah. like, if you saw what just happened here, but we've done drills though. It's like, yeah, we've done drills, but I've, you've never taught me like, <laughs> like what? Like, did I ever teach you to to use your knee and stick your knee to my wrist to disarm me? He's like, no, you never taught me that. I just like, <laughs> it's just I adjust. I adjusted what we already know to the to what we were doing. I think uh, you, you remember Eric, you know, we had our podcast on, uh, you know, the Hispanic black Filipino experience. Uh, Eric said an amazing thing that it's all about the concepts. You know, we had a dance and Rue jujitsu guy come in. He was like, I, I can teach you the techniques, you know, in our two hour, six hour, eight hour seminar. But what's more important is I'm going to teach you the concepts. And that's what yeah, reflects sure. over. Uh, I, who was one of the, uh, one of the press brothers, uh, there was, you know, they got all these escrima and knife disarms and all these awesome videos. But then one of the coolest videos was him just working defenses against someone trying to cut him. And it was none of those techniques. It was all brush blocks, parries, boxing kind of stuff. There is no knife technique you can rely on. It's don't get stabbed and get the knife out of his hand if you need to or run like hell. And even running like hell does not always work. Uh, one of my favorite stories in my hometown was a guy who got... He faced a mugger, wanted to take his wallet, and he had a knife, and he threw the wallet one way, ran the other way, and the guy with the knife ran after him. And, I mean, running away does not always work. It, the technique, yep. I've talked about this snake technique. Um, imagine someone's coming after you with their knife this way, and you intercept the block this way. It's their right hand, your left hand, and you can, you can kind of snake around the arm, and you keep doing this motion. You can disarm the knife. What I love to talk about this technique is that people with absolutely no training have used that to disarm someone with a knife. And what can you do if you try to teach them do this technique at this angle and this and this and this, you're going to get stabbed, you know, five seconds before that. Um, what I would like to see more is more of the myth busting stuff. Uh, Rob, I really liked your scorpion spear video. Uh, all the other technique videos you throw I mean, they're cool and they're good and everybody does that but it's the myth busting stuff there's another dude whose guy whose name i forget uh he did a bunch of myth busting stuff like uh carry your keys in in your hand and if someone grabs you you can scratch their hand and he literally had someone grab him or he grabbed somebody and told her to, you know just scrape his wrist and his knuckles with the key and he hurt like hell but he didn't let go I think we need some more of that kind of myth buster kind of self-defense stuff. The, the scorpion spear video was awesome. No one's going to carry that scorpion spear around, but it was still fun to see what it would look like. 
as Kajikembo, we need to study the art as well. And it's just the knowledge. I think gun defense techniques are good to learn, even in Japan, even though we're not going to need it. But I would love to see more Mythbuster stuff, honestly. So, Rob, please do some more videos like that, please. You know, whatever. Any, even do some other weapons that no one's going to use. I think it's just great to study the art, study the war, study what used to be used 500 years ago and what can, we can do now. I have a... Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Rob. You're, go ahead. Sorry. You're I was going to say, ultimately, the, the Scorpion Spear video, I mean, yeah, it was just me celebrating uh, remember what the accomplishment was that I wanted to do that video for. Uh, I think it was a certain number of subscribers. Um, but really, it's just, it's like what you said, right? Like, it's a projectile. It's someone throwing a knife. Are you going to carry a spear with a rope on it? Probably not. Like, <laughs> not necessarily, but like, if someone's attacking me and I have space on them, maybe I'll grab like my phone and chuck it at them. Yeah. And it's like, what is, what is the efficacy of doing that? You know, that was the impetus for doing the Scorpion video. It's like, yeah, it's a cool video. I got to wear a costume. I got to poop around a little bit. But ultimately, it's just about using a projectile weapon from your hand rather than yeah. like a gun, right? Yeah, and I, was, and I think I it's think important to remember remember in theory, we need to do a theory and such. Like even the, the flow drills that we get from the Eskrima and all that, it's, you're not going to be in a fight doing this over and over again. The idea is to learn rhythm and break it, and you're not supposed yeah. to keep doing the flow. That's the same. It's, it's a theory, but you got to learn it and then apply it into reality, you know? So spoilers, uh, I just bought a pair of Tonfa. Next video, I want to see it. <laughs> Looking forward cool. to that one. Renato, cool. what are you going to say? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, the, 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 the theory about the the concepts and all for me it's, it's very very important uh so concepts come first and technique goes afterwards because all we have is, is different ways of, of uh doing uh solutions for for something that appears uh, the, to us and sometimes i like to say come on we have today we're going to work uh, knife technique tomorrow we're going to work uh, m16 uh, m60 and afterwards uh, f16 and uh, maybe we'll, we're going to go on a submarine technique next week <laughs> so we don't have to apply all that you know it's like uh, making uh, techniques for being um, laid down or for, sometimes it's logical but sometimes it's just uh, making content just for the sake of making it because it the, the the main concepts uh, are, are are behind it and those concepts are gonna ultimately save your life if, if you have to. Uh, but uh, it's not uh, training 10,000 techniques for 10,000 different reasons. Yeah. Of course, if you go for a knife technique, you have to do and understand concepts. If you're working knife and you're pairing with this side of the arm, they will be uh, cut uh, easily. Uh, and this side, maybe it's more protected, for example. Mm -hmm. These kinds of concepts are, are important. Yeah. So uh, if you're doing snake and all, if you're, if you're um, doing a, a technique that uh, has, uh, has a, 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 a knife, for example, you know that the person that attacks you will rely on that knife to, to get his attack uh, going uh, and, and keep uh, the, the attack uh, uh, really, really bad for you. So he is also not very keen on understanding the other part. So if you can defend the knife and kick him in some other ways or making sure you can hit him with a Kaju Kembo, destroying arm, etc. So this these kinds of concepts are utilized in many, many ways. Definitely. And uh, that's the most, most important thing. You utilize your concepts. And uh, as uh, Angelo just said, solutions will appear even if you don't teach them.
So yeah. solutions will just appear, just the flowing and and about exercises and like a scream, etc. I, I I do like the flow that gives you, but I don't like the repetition that's going to be always the same, and that will not make you keen to 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 resolve a problem. Really, that that will just uh, keep you on the flow. And uh, actually, in the real life, and you see competitions of scream and all, that's not what's happening. So. For me, I do like repetition, like screamadores do, but I will put them in a low percentage of, of training, and then I will try to make some some works in, in in other parts of trainings, like sparring and testing, etc. Yeah. So we have to balance the things. Yeah. About the the myth busting thing, I, I do think it's important, but I do think that's uh, also misunderstand sometimes, because if you. I, for example, the key uh, technique, etc., that you said, um, uh, uh, I know that that's going to happen. So psychologically, I'm prepared to make my hand uh, stronger and uh, all of those things. So sometimes I, I do think that myth busting is important, but sometimes I do think that people don't um, go all the way to understand what's the context the context behind it really so sometimes they they, they will just ah, this doesn't work for x reason but i i don't understand the technique sometimes i don't understand the context and all of me and my and my colleague in training we all know that this is going to happen so when this when this is uh, common knowledge the surprise factor and all it's 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 gone so yeah. it's I do think that's important, but we also have to be careful not to fall in the just just uh, bashing a technique without having the context. I, yeah, I think definitely, definitely. Anything you want to add to that, Anthony? Um, I have a well. It, it, I think a little bit. Um, so you, it, this came up a little bit in the context of people thinking that they're safe. And I did. Um, I did a women's self defense class, and they had five women, and. Uh, and it was like a three or four long class kind of module that I did with them. And uh, a lot of times um, people are turned off by the idea of sparring or, or the, the idea of thinking about violence. And I've, I've been to class and, I, and I've taught this way where you, where you, really, you really consciously talk about a, a death, you know, kind of a life or death situation. And then, and then I see some some students, not everybody's, but some will shut down. Mm. They just don't even want to think about it. Like so, when you talk about like if this happens, you could die, or if this happens, people hate it. So I'm like, well, how do I get them into sparring? How do I get them into learning self defense? How do I make this more of a, a fun thing? And um, so I bought white T-shirts, and I gave them all white T-shirts, and I got a package of magic markers. And I gave them magic markers and I had a tournament and they did a knife fight. Awesome. And, and they were like beasts. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was so, so cool. And, it, and, and it, like you won based upon like how much ink you had and where, where the ink was. And, and they were doing like, they were doing parries and checks and, and, yeah. uh, and, then, like, and then they were like going for the, for the neck or for, you know, it was just awesome. So that's the way to do it. it and it was like, it, it, it brought out just sparring in general too. And, you know, and all these, it was just interesting. So it's just an idea to, 
Yeah. What, what kind of knives do you guys work with? Cause like I usually use the rubber knives that, and then uh, I still have Angelo's knives, <clears throat> one of his knives. Um, two. <laughs> oops. Two, 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 maybe two knives now. I've heard of the, uh, I've heard of the marker on the white shirt. Uh, my top student also has a set of shock knives, the kind that you feel it and it literally shocks you. Uh, wow. And then there's also, you know, the wooden knives that work. And I want to get the, I've, I, I think the brand name is called Aku. Uh, they're like LED knives that as soon as you make contact, they light up, light up and they go. So you can, you have immediate knowledge that you connected somewhere. And all of these have these different ideas because even the rubber knives I have are kind of hard. So even if they're hard, you feel when you get poked in the ribs. What kind of knives do you guys prefer working with? Or what kind of knives do you guys have? Um, before we answer that, cheers. Okay. I'm going to have to fill up after this Come one. Bite. Give me a second. Come bite. Yeah. Come bite. Well, like John said, I, I use the hard rubber knives. Um, I definitely have shied away from the floppy rubber knife. The one that looks like, it's like a, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, it's like. I the, have a self-defense technique for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> floppy. You use the floppy. You slap the other guy, you know. <laughs> slap, slap around. Yeah, the floppy knives. I hate the floppy knives. Um, I, I, so it's not so much about what I use, but what I definitely will not use are those Halloween prop floppy knives. Because. First of all, they don't last. They don't. If you're actually, if you're outside of the of some sort of uh, rhythm, whatever technique, if you actually use them in sparring, they immediately break. It's the yep. first thing I notice. Like as soon as someone grabs it and like the other guy's in the middle of a takeaway and he like he puts his knee on it or something, it's like whoop! Now you don't have a knife. You just have a handle and, and the floppy rubber piece. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, technique. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't use those anymore. Rob. Um, I have a few of the rubber ones. I like those. They're easy and cheap to get. I also have a like training. I think it's even just like a movie prop pocket folder that looks like a real pocket knife, but it's completely, completely dull. Oh, um, I got one of those. It's pretty good too. Yeah. They're not great to train with, right? Like you poke someone with that thing. It hurts a lot. But yeah. It hurts a lot. So it's kind of like, don't mess around with this thing. Yeah, I think those are those are good for release. Like if you're like in America, you can carry a folder. So those are good for right. training, taking a folder out and getting the knife out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But otherwise, in the middle of the fight, you're right. It's not so good. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on how mean you want to be to your students, right? Like if you get poked <laughs> in the ribs and you start crying, well, that's on you. You shouldn't have gotten poked in the ribs. Um, <laughs> my knife self-defense classes tend to be focused on uh, ra rather than engaging with someone with a knife, it's about getting to them before they have the knife drawn. Right. So having something that you can draw safely from your pocket is more important than having like a Tonto style knife, right? Right, right, right. Which is why I like the pocket folder. Because I'm, I'm pretty honest with my students. I'm like, listen, if you know someone has a knife and they want to attack you, you have been stabbed. It's, it's not a question of first I do the inward block and then I wipe it here and then now I've got their knife. I'm like, if you know that that knife is in front of you, you've been stabbed. Yeah. Like I, tell people that, that I tell people there are no knife fights. There's just stabbings. That's it. Exactly. I'm like, you get to choose kind of where you get stabbed, or maybe how often <laughs> you get stabbed, but you need to make peace with the fact that that's what's going to happen. At yeah. that point, it's now how much do you want to go home? But really, the ultimate knife self-defense is stop it before it gets drawn. Yeah. You know, and of course, obviously, that's, that's ignoring that, you know, sometimes a, a mugging will happen. Sometimes someone will surprise you with a knife. And a lot of times, as we've seen in videos, Someone will just run down the street cutting, you know, like yeah. that can happen too. But yeah. you can't, like, you could be the greatest martial artist, greatest fighter of all time. Someone running down the knife, swinging like crazy, like 
that's a that's a heavy task for anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what or even, even worse, Mickey, Mickey, ter- make Mickey likes to send me terror videos, and I told him please stop. please stop i want to sleep you're making me never want to go to a third world country ever again he loves sending me third world country video stabbings and so like i believe this was either like it was either i can't tell by the video it's either the philippines or it's the middle east i really can't tell i just know it's like kind of got that vibe and it's uh and, and both people are brown but it's kind of really low resolution. I can tell it's like a street camera. It's like the the it's like the actual mm-hmm. police footage of the what CCTV. happened to how they yeah. how they're how, you know they're, the person's being arrested and they're in court and they're watching this video about this guy murderer and how they stabbed someone. And this one he showed me that haunted me for weeks was two guys square off. They're like like one guy you can kind of see them arguing because there's no sound in these videos. You kind of see him arguing about something. One guy sitting down on a table and the other guy kind of pushes him. He's bigger than the guy. And then the guy gets up and they square off and you see one of the guys just, and it looked like he punched him. It looked like he punched him. And also you see the guy grab onto his neck and start splitting out a bunch of blood and he falls over. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, but I mean, if you saw the video, it happened so quick. It just, the guy gets up, they both square off. They have their hands out like that. And you don't even see the guy. Like I had no, to watch it no. a few times to see him get ready to throw his jab. And while he was throwing his jab, he pulled out the knife. Oh, nice. And and it it happened so quick. It looked like a jab cross. And even the guy didn't know he got stabbed. He was kind of like, what? And he comes in all of a sudden he starts going like this and he grabs on. You see him die. He fucking falls over and starts seizuring. And I'm just like, damn it, Mickey. (laughs) 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 Damn it, damn it, Mickey. (laughs) Knives are dangerous. And and the reason, like you said, I show those videos, you know, I spread all the news around here in Japan, but that's Japan is safe, but you also have a high level of uh, mental health problems, mental health issues, and people who just want to go cut somebody. There are numerous stories of high school kids just going to a station. They just decide they want to cut people. So they just just cut people and run. Literally, Like like I told you, the kid that stabbed the other kid, um, they were in the classroom, some sort of tussle. Kid grabbed the pair of scissors and stabbed the other kid. Like yeah. it was elementary like, school. You said? It was an elementary school. Elementary school. I think they were Bro. second, second, third graders, right? Yeah. And th- so, like, Awful. yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah like I said, there's, there's maybe that's just whatever. But like I said, Japan's got a lot of mental issues, and that has a big, big connection with knives. It just because. Uh, I've said many times before, as it was told to me, depending on where you get your research, anywhere from 90 to 99% of stabbings are done with a kitchen utensil, which means this is not someone getting a, a, you know, a Vulcan death knife or some kind of, you know, huge, amazing looking knife. This is something in your kitchen. And these are people who just suddenly get angry and decide to take it out with with the closest thing at hand and let it out on you. That's, that's a big issue. That's a big thing. And it's usually a sharp object, like a shank, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So, cheers to sharp objects. Cheers to sharp objects. Now we are getting to the end of the hundredth episode, and I guess hey, we actually had a conversation about stuff. Um, right. <laughs> so, like, even though I said this is about absolutely nothing, but I do want to, I, I do want to ask a question that I came across because. What is Kajikembo? Oh no, not again! And not what is Kajikembo, and not what is a black belt. I am so over those two questions. But, but, Wait a minute, where's my knife? <laughs> <laughs> I 
so so um i was having a conversation with uh with a gm after i got done interviewing them and they came they 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 brought up a topic off camera that i heard Cijo and and she's well and bring up before they passed away and it was the idea that kajukembo is a dying art and if things keep going the way they're going within a few more generations, it's just going to die out. And I just wanted to see what, what y'all think, if that's true and if it's not true. And if, if what you think about why no, he's not the only GM to say this, like I said, I heard Sijo and she's Sijo particularly before he passed away was very concerned about this. I was there during the meeting when they promoted Shizu and this was the topic of that of that whole it was like a seminar thing, and then later they went out to a to a bar and did some drinking, and kept talking about how they were going to keep Kajukembo alive because all these guys. This was a long time ago too. All these ladies, men and women instructors, all these senior instructors were really worried about it. That once she once Seizure was gone, it would only be a few more generations, and they were they were brainstorming ideas of how to keep it alive. But what do you think about that? Uh, uh. Go ahead, go ahead, Anthony. Rob, go ahead. Rob, go ahead. Just for the, the sake of the scientific method, I wanted to ask: when you say if things keep going like they're going, can we expand on what that means? Okay. So for them, what they were noticing was that it was being kept in the older generation, and that there was this gap between the older generation and younger generation, where yeah, you have a lot of kids doing it, but then the kids stop doing it. So that that middle part, that middle part, people that were at the time coming up that were my age were rare, like people in their 20s actually finishing the program and then later teaching that was becoming rare. And they have a lot of kids, but like like John was saying, the, 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 the college factor where everybody leaves and they're in college. And that's what they were. That's what they were observing. And then I'm observing something else now that I'll talk to that I'll, that I'll touch on after everyone answers their question. But um. But yeah, that's what they were. That's the context that they were coming from. Was that they noticed a lot of kids doing it, and not that many, and the adults doing it were all kind of dying out. So it's that it's that money quadrant, right? The eighteen to forty-five kind of gap that yeah. you look for in filmmaking. You want that group, and Kajukembo's missing it. Yeah, for them, that's what they were saying. Yeah, they they felt like everybody they were either seniors or kids, and there wasn't that many, and they like. That's when that's when uh, I always talk about the famous. I, I've said this before in writing, and I've said it before in a blog. That's when she's well and turned turned to me in the room full of senior instructors, like, "And you, what what rink are you, young man?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm a, you know, I'm a I'm a blue belt, sir." And he's like, "He's like, and how long have you been doing Kaji Kembo? Oh, about six years. Six years, and you're only a blue belt. <laughs> like, like I, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like, either way yeah so either way that's i sidetracked but what, what, yeah what, what do you guys think about about that Rafa, go ahead i know you're gonna say something no uh, uh rob just asked a question so i, I was expecting him to to no. go ahead but, uh, <laughs> oh yeah anyway yeah well, we'll, uh, but, well my, my point of this is that um uh, I, I think that that's normal that older generations have this kind of uh, lack of, of understanding of what's going to happen next. And uh, I think everybody, we just, ah, these kids these days, come on, they, 
they don't do the things that we do they are not strong enough etc this is <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a normal thing we had this going on with our grandfathers and now sometimes we make it with our kids and stuff like that so it's kind of normal so this is one part of it the other part of it is understanding that maybe the um, the people that make something happen really in Kajukembo were not that much. Uh, if you see Kajukembo has, um, has a long history, it's only uh, about 10 or 15 years uh, younger than uh, Karate, because Karate, I don't know if you know, but I also do Karate. Um, and Karate started in 1936, something about uh, some years before, uh, before Kajukembo. The thing is that Karate organized itself in a way that uh, had a lot of people uh, in universities and uh, in important jobs and all that make, made it uh, very known and kind of represented the country in that way. So we cannot compare that with the development of Kajukembo. Anyways, Kajukembo started over with a very uh, um, uh, humble way of, of teaching, if I may say. It's... Uh, a student to to master master in in, uh, in that way and people came down to the to the america and then to the to the other continents to to spread it but it's not very very well organized and if you see you have styles you have organizations we have a small group we make a patch and that's not easy to organize if it's good in a way because it's very uh, it's 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 rich in some in some uh, in many many ways of course but it's also very hard to organize and uh and hard to develop right now i think we assist after siju's death to a thing that's that's bad and good in in some in some somehow, because uh, afterwards people just try 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 to spread their own kind of organization, trying to spread the, the kraken. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is it? Right here, the octopus. <laughs> uh, and uh, that that's good. But uh, some some of the guys that they're just doing bullshit Kajukembo and bullshit um, uh, ranks and all of those stuff that we know. So this has a good thing and a bad thing. The bad thing is that's bullshit Kajukembo. The good thing is that Kajukembo name is going uh, everywhere. You know, um, you have to understand Kajukembo is not uh, to to understand the, the continuation of Kajukembo cannot be U.S. centered. We must understand the world and how it works. And of course, right now in, in for example, Kuwait, that has 12 different lines of Kajukembo, uh, we assist people that are going to do bullshit and some of them are going to do well. So my idea is in the long run, this will happen and continue to happen. And people will be auto-selected like uh, Kajukembo Darwinistic uh, way of seeing things, you know. Uh, so people will, will be selected um, uh, by, by their capabilities, by their work. And this will continue to, to make Kajukembo something worth worth to, 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 to try to, to organize. Uh, I think mentalities are different right now and um, we, can, we can take advantage of that in, into the future. So I don't see Kajukembo as a dying art. I think in terms of world reconnaissance, it's, it, it's never been like today. Today, of course, because of YouTube and stuff, uh, we know about it, but uh, if you go in your uh, local pub and you say, I, uh, uh, me, I'm, I'm in Kaju Kembo, Kaju what? 
that still happens. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 we're not doing that. (laughs) But then, then, then on the other hand, you have people that are starting to make their their schools. Some are serious, uh, mostly aren't. (laughs) We have to say things like it is. Uh, But many many of them are serious and 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 those guys are going to make uh, Kaju Kimbo worthwhile so we have to spread it in a very uh, holistic uh, way of think of thinking things so I do think that Kaju Kimbo has a future it, it will not stop but we have to organize ourselves new generations talking with older generations being capable of of making paths between the generations but because this is important it, it's important i don't care if you don't make exactly the, the same techniques we have something in common mm. just take this something in common because the problem with the, the 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 other guys that came before is that we have to respect and love uh, is that they have uh, this mentality of uh, well let's do let's do uh, um, curriculum for black belts let's do things that are impossible, very difficult for the, the, the question of differences within Kaju Kembo, and then very difficult because of ego uh, things going on. So for me, this is the um, hopefully the new generation that I try to, to take part of it, and you also, I think. And in Anthony, that is maybe in the middle. I don't know how many years of Kaju Campbell do you have, but you're maybe in the middle of the of the, the the generations here. Uh, Anthony, this... I, I think he just called you old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, out of respect, man. Out of respect. I'm, um, no, no. I'm old, old AF, but not 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 as old as um. <laughs> That is all to some of our badass senior grandmasters. Like, exactly. Like, That's, yeah. that, that, that was my point. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we have to <laughs> can't understand this. <laughs> you mean it in a good way, right? <laughs> in a good way. I thought yeah. Anthony was like 23, 24, but, you know, <laughs> tough. <laughs> 25 and a half. <laughs> I, well, what do you think? I got to yeah. think. Um, I got to say, I, I think the for me, the issue is and it's a, there's two big risks to Kaju Kembo, big, big risks to Kaju Kembo that I see. Um, and it's not just Kaju Kembo, but it's just the whole warrior class or the whole training to be a warrior concept. Um, society is, is trying to, to destroy, um, you know, the, the whole concept of, of defending yourself and learning what you have to do to, you know, should you ever have to really, kind of reach deep down and, and pull the dark side of yourself out and then use it for good. Um, that people don't want that anymore. So, um, you know, there's so much, so many layers to that, but I think that's a big problem where, um, you know, uh, that, that's Walmart martial arts, right? Well, Jordan Peterson talks about how, you know, you, you shouldn't just be passive because that doesn't make you good. You have to become a monster and then you control it. And then you use it for good. And that makes you someone who, who, who's a good, you know, a really powerful, but good person. Um, so I think that's something that we need to figure out. Cause I think from coming from someone like Sijo, you know, he was a warrior. He was the, the whole point of Kaju is there's this John Hackleman's always talking about like on the street, you know, and it's that, that element of Kaju Kembo is we can talk about what Kaju Kembo is. And like, we're not going to go there. But that's yeah, a no, big issue. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> the other, but that's but the warrior piece. 
you know, like like the like the you know the 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 Comanches and you know and the Native Americans uh, in the U.S. kind of this continent, and then you have um, the Spartans. You know, they're they're very war a lot of warrior classes, and and America's had that, Japan's had that. You know, a lot of the cultures have had that, and I think the cultures throughout the world are trying to kind of put that out, put that away. And um, you have your military, but other than that, you know, you should kind of put that away. And I think MMA is actually a kind of a potential threat as well, because MMA, people think of MMA as the, as a, as the self-defense art, and it doesn't have certain warrior elements to it that you have, that we get, we, we carry with us with Kajukembo and some other styles and people have that as well. And, um, so I think, I think there's like the sport and MMA threat and then there's society saying, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we should kind of suppress and make believe it doesn't exist. Kind of that dark side of ourselves. And I think Miyamoto Musashi said the same thing when he was living through a, a, a cultural change in his day, watching samurai being disarmed. You know, they they were going from a era where you can openly carry your samurai sword and now you couldn't and he was kind of living in that change that day where that was where no longer can you go so you have a disagreement with another person who's also a samurai you can no longer go outside and just duke it out with your swords um or you get arrested there was a there was a police force coming in there was that whole transitional period and that's when he wrote the five rings so it's really mm -hmm. important it's really it's kind of interesting to to see things in that way that that that's something that you know it's like kind of like at one point, people were carrying swords in Japan, and that was okay. <laughs> it was okay to settle your differences with a sword on the street. And then, you know, to be more civil, they got rid of it for obvious reasons. And now, as time progresses, with the progression comes the idea that becoming violent in public. And I know this changes, again, going back to what Renato talked about internationally. We can't be U.S.-centric here in this conversation. Um, or in my case, Japan-centric, because I'm in Japan. Um so like I've noticed, I, I've heard people talking about how in in the UK, in the UK it's still okay to get in a in a pub fight. If you get in a fight at a pub and two people disagree and they they duke it out, cops won't be called. That's up to the pub owner. Culturally, to, okay. Yeah. Culturally. yeah, culturally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ethically, we're not going there, but culturally, no, no, but even lawfully, it's not okay. Yeah, lawfully, if they decide that if they bring cops in. It's not okay, but the pub owner—it's up to the pub owner, and it's not as—it's not as prevalent as it is in the U.S. In the U.S., if even the smallest shove, shove, one person falls, someone's getting arrested. Nine one one. Yeah, someone's yeah. getting arrested. They, two people just start yelling at each other. Cops are going to get called. It's going to be like real quick um, to avoid escalation and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty. That's a I I I don't know where I was going with that, but Rob, Rob, what what are your thoughts on it? About the not not, not oh, what I just said about the whole country <laughs> dying thing. <laughs> so I um just did a quick Google search. Uh, this comes from Yelp, and the top this is the top five most popular martial arts in the U.S. I know we're trying not to be U.S. centric right now, but this is just the first thing that came up. Uh, top five in order: boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, karate, and taekwondo are tied for three. Uh, MMA and kickboxing, which I'm gonna lump Muay Thai in, are five. And then right behind them is another Thai, uh, Krav Maga, Kung Fu, and Aikido. Um, yeah. We'll get Krav to those. We'll get to them, but, but the first five, you know 
how you're good at any of those things. You can unequivocally be good at boxing or at, at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or even at Karate, depending on the style you're practicing, right? Like if you're doing one that regularly engages in sparring, you know when you're good at it, right? There's no real way to know when you're good at Kajukembo. Like there's just no real like indicative 100% foolproof way to know I am good at defending myself in the street because I don't get in street fights all the time, right? The thing that attracts people to those first five martial arts is the fact that like I know within a certain amount of time with a certain amount of confidence and in, a, in the methodology when I'm practicing when I'm going to be good at my style. Kaju Kembu doesn't have that. What I have typically, again, this is based on my experience and what I've seen from other schools, I have my instructor telling me that when my belt gets dark enough and I'm good enough at grabbing another guy's nuts, I am good at Kajakembo. And then you go to sparring and it's like we were talking about with the, the flow drills, right? Like we do all these, we do all these, you know, punch, punch counters, grab counters, and then that doesn't exist in sparring, you know, or you go visit another gym and you do an open gym with them and you spar with them and you're not good at any of the things they're doing. It's like, okay, well, you're good at street fighting because there's rules. That's why you're not good at, what, at that sparring. It's like, okay, but, I want, I want to be good at the thing that I'm doing right now. I don't want to be good in a hypothetical. I want to be good at that, you know? And um, Anthony was talking about how there's there's the, the disconnect between MMA and self-defense, right? And if you guys watch my channel, you know that I talk about MMA is self-defense. It is the perfect self-defense system with a few caveats, right? There's a few things that need to be addressed. You need to address situational awareness. You need to address pre-fight indicators. You need to address weapons, stuff like that. I think saying that MMA, I think saying that that other self-defense-based systems address the need for self-defense more than MMA is saying that ketchup and buns makes a hamburger more than the meat makes the buns. MMA makes the meat of a hamburger. There's still a lot of other stuff you need to add, but it is the main portion of it in terms of combat, right? Obviously, there's a lot of other, there's a lot more important things, but for this conversation. So bringing that back, you already have your, those are all, the top five martial arts are all combat sports, right? They're all things that you can play at and be good at to various levels. You can get professional at them. You can get paid to do them to some degree. Not everybody wants to do that, right? So that's why the, number, the immediate list after that is, is Krav Maga, which like, another one, is another one that traditionally kind of gets pooped on because it's, it's a bunch of guys in cargo pants training with each other. Krav Maga has gone through a kind of cultural shift in the last decade or so where now most Krav Maga gyms kind of look like an MMA gym. Like, yeah, they don't really do jujitsu. They don't really do grappling stuff, but they're training in like regular gear now. They're not focusing so much on defending yourself from an M16. It's basically a kickboxing class where you can poke someone in the eyes. Again, it's kind of, there's immediate way to know when you're good at Krav Maga now because it's looking more and more like MMA with the, the benefit of poking someone in the eye, kicking them in the nuts, right? I think Kung Fu is popular just because it's Kung Fu, right? Like everyone wants to do, do, do Kung Fu. Aikido, I don't know. There's a lot of old people in the world. Um, but the reason I think that Kaju Kembo is, is I, I don't necessarily think Kaju Kembo is dying because Kaju Kembo has never been gigantic. And like Hinato was saying, we have to consider the whole world. It's big in the whole world. It's not big in the US. I think it's not growing because there's no real incentive for someone, for an, someone with an adult body who doesn't have to worry about some random person coming to attack them. The most common form of violence in the US is domestic violence, right? It's a problem between two people that know each other or between a couple, a man and a wife, right? Everywhere in the world, so, actually. 
Yeah. So like, you don't really have to worry about someone running down the street and, you know, swinging, <laughs> taking a punch at you or swinging a knife at you. You have to worry about your brother and you getting an argument that gets out of hand. So the violence that we tend to face is the one that we agree to. And if we're practicing a martial art that supposedly teaches us how to handle ourselves in that situation, but well, you can't do it. You can't poke people in the eyes in sparring. You can't kick them in the groin. You can't really do these joint locks they were teaching you. So you have, you kind of have to default to kickboxing and wrestling to some degree. Well, then when does Kajikembo really address, when does Kajikembo get to shine in that instance? If we're saying, because there's rules, we can't be good at it. Well, can I, I don't see it that, that way. I don't see I, it that way. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I just want to say one thing that I think that it's a, there's, a, like a, there's a layered generational issue here where if, if you look at the original Kajukembo and you look at like the way things were in Hawaii, in Hawaii, there was actual fighting happening. There was actual sparring. Um, there was actually actual fighting in, on the streets. There was actual fighting in bars. So I think that when, but then you, then you let 40, 50, 70 years go by and then you have people learning the Kajukembo system in a, in a, in a certain environment um, they don't get that feedback. So I think that, that the original concept of Kajukembo, especially like when CJ was talking about it, is that, you know, wow, like we, we know, I know this works because I, I had this happen and I had to actually apply it. And I think, um, I think in a way that's part of the risk of Kajukembo going away is that we're not seeing, we don't have that element anymore. So we're thinking, oh, that's not there in Kajukembo. It's in these other things instead. And I, I think that there's a maybe a way to kind of re reinvigorate what Kaju Kembo is in relation to those things, if that makes and, as a direct response to what you're saying, Rob. And and before before uh, turning over to to John to answer the question about um, about whether or not Kaju Kembo is dying. I can't find the video. And besides, I'm going to make a, a spoiler alert. I, I uh. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I just finished doing the sparring analysis between me and my uh, boxer. I sent Anthony the video, but I can't find it right now to show you guys. But essentially what I did for his test, he's already a professional boxer. He's retired. I know the guy can fight. That's not the issue. Um, mostly he keeps, every time he does grappling, he complains about grappling. Every time he does it, but he always complains about it. So I wanted to test um, how he would handle a street fight. And minus the eye pokes, I said, you can do anything you want. And I noticed certain things happen during the fight. Um, and I pretty much opened the fight by, I opened the fight by grabbing his shirt, putting it over his head, putting him on the ground and kicking him in the face. That was the beginning of the fight. That was the first thing I did is he came in to punch, to box, I put my hands yeah. up, grabbed the back of his shirt, put it over his head, put him on the ground, started kicking him in the face. And not hard, like for anybody watching. When you watch the video, you know, he didn't get injured. And then later I grabbed the entire shirt and did the whole hockey thing where you go there and you start popping him and he couldn't see. And, and I'm going light. But I just wanted him to experience what it's like to fight in a situation where there are no rules, as closest to no rules as we can get, just minus the eye pokes. And I kept seeing that in the – Spoiler alert, I keep saying that in the video. I keep saying, well, I'm analyzing it. Look, as you can see, nobody died. 
and nobody went to the hospital after this. There is a way to do this. I wouldn't suggest doing it all the time because if you have students doing this, it can easily escalate into something that you will end up with someone in the hospital. But it is something that they should experience at least once. Um, but yeah, that's what I, that's what I wanted to mention. I, I, I wish I could have pulled the video. But, but John, Kaju Kimbo dying. I think Kaju Kembo will never die, but what people consider to be the art might. Kaju Kembo. What is Kaju Kembo? No. No, but, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> the idea, like, people looking at Krav Maga, which looks like an MMA gym where you can eye poke. That's what Kaju Kembo should be doing. MMA is Kaju Kembo with the sport idea. I, I, one of the things that pissed me off were some people in the Middle East sending me a message saying, hey, I'm a blah, blah, Dan in karate and judo and jujutsu, and I love Kajukembo. Please send me some DVDs so I can learn Kajukembo. And you cannot learn Kajukembo without interacting with Kajukembo people. It is not about the punch attacks, the pinions, the long knife defense ideas and theories. It's about learning to punch the shit out of each other and then going to get a beer with each other afterward. It's the attitude. It's the aloha spirit. That is what real Kajikumbo is. And if we take away the name, that will still be around. There will be MMA people who want to know about self-defense stuff and they're going to go to a bar afterwards and drink and talk about it. And that is Kajikumbo. But people are stuck saying that if I teach Kajikumbo, that means I'm teaching these punching attacks. And that is not Kajikumbo. If you're going to get rid of the punching attacks and get rid of the pinions, you can still be teaching Kaju Kembo. It's, it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of people who got Kaju Kembo black belts go to teach a jujitsu class and a kickboxing class and then a yoga class. And they don't realize that they are still teaching Kaju Kembo because they are coming from this place and they're teaching these three different arts. And some people say, I just want to teach a schema. And that means you just want to teach the rules of a schema and as a sport, as a hobby, that's fine. But what I want to see myself is people who have trained in Kajikembo and they have trained with Kajikembo people and they've trained with others who have the Kajikembo spirit, the Aloha spirit. They understand uh, Pono. They understand what it is to be a warrior, but to be a good person, not a nice guy, but a good person. I want to see them teach kickboxing and MMA and the Mortal Kombat Scorpion Spear and, you know, Kung Fu and all this stuff or just parts of it. And just tell their students, this is Kaju Kembo. If you want this, I'm going to introduce you to this. If you want this, I'm going to introduce you to this. We're going to do MMA fighting. By the way, in the street, you can also poke them in the eye. I want Kaju Kembo people to stop hiding from Kaju Kembo and just go do it. And if people can say... We're doing kickboxing and in Kaji Kembo, you can also pull the shirt over their head. And they teach that attitude and that spirit, then no, the art will not die. But it is totally different. The spirit, what is Kaji Kembo? That will go on forever, even if people stop calling it that. That's been around for centuries. But the art, that's going to depend on us. That's going to depend on us being proud to say, yeah, I do Kaji Kembo. Yeah, me personally, me honestly, I suck at grappling. And I'll teach some people the intro. But yes, I do Kaji Kembo and I'm going to teach you what I know. Go learn from this guy too. I'm going to teach you how to punch a guy in the face. This is Kaju Kembo and we need people to be proud of it. And then maybe it will not die out. I believe wholeheartedly. And then even though I said this is all about nothing and I wasn't going to do, I, I did have a sort of plan. And that's why, cheers, 
Um, Bullshit. Um, <laughs> I did have a sort of plan. <laughs> um, the, the thing is that something I, what, what have I learned? I started doing the Kaju Kimbo series three years ago. And oh, wow, look at that. We, we switched it up. Now, now, not, for me, Renato's over here now. But I don't know how, of course, I don't know what this is going to look like on the final take. But for now, if I point this way, Renato's there. But during the actual video later, he may not be there. He might be here or there. Uh, I'm, I'm, or, I'm, or there. I'm here or there or there. But either way, <laughs> um, the thing is that in the last three years of interviewing people, part of the research I did for the podcast is I started hearing other Kaji Kembo guys' podcasts, like, it, or hearing just interviews. Like I type in Kaji Kembo into a pod into a podcast search. And then they normally didn't have a lot of podcasts about Kajikembo. It was always some Kajikembo instructor being interviewed by some other martial artist or some other person talking about Kajikembo. And I was listening to them just to figure out what's what's out there. And between interviewing the people that have been on my show and listening to the interviews on people on other shows, is I kept hearing a narrative of people who have done amazing things. Just amazing things. Like John Hackleman has done amazing things in Kaja Kembo. His fighters have done amazing things in the UFC. Um, but nobody says Kaja Kembo. I, I, I've met, I've heard great interviews with people that did amazing things in Muay Thai. What, what Rob is doing right now. In Muay Thai, there's Kaja Kembo champions. They're done, they're champions in Thailand, world champions in Muay Thai. Never mentioned Kaja Kembo. And then one of them, they, the story was that when they approached Sijo, he said, well, it's not Kajikembo. And they did kind of this whole thing about what is and what isn't Kajikembo. And I'm not going to go there, like I said earlier. But, but, but the idea that, and then also I, I always cross-train. So I'm cross-training um, at a, I'm, yeah, I, I guess I can say, uh, I don't know how they fucking work. I'll just say I'm, I'm training with a type of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu without naming the school. Um my opinion about it is that they're a McDojo. I've talked to other people that are doing it and they've also agreed with me and they're higher in the ranks than me. And they've also agreed that it's a McDojo, but they are a very successful McDojo. And the reason they're very successful is because of marketing. They've all gotten together and agreed that, Hey, we're going to back up anybody who does anything. It doesn't matter that doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if they go out there and do boxing. It doesn't matter if they do MMA. It doesn't matter what they do. When they do it, we're going to plaster. They're going to put a poster inside of our doge. We're going to say, this is our person. Even if it's not our person, even if they're training somewhere else and they just Mm -hmm. happen to stop by our gym and they have a purple belt with us, but they're going and fighting in the UFC, we're going to say that's our person. Mm -hmm. And that marketing attitude is what's made this particular school so successful. Are the techniques all that great? They're okay. Are their training methods all that great? They're all right. Not the best. But that point right there is what's made them become world-renowned. Now, because you can have some elements of that, but I want to say I think that's where I'm – when I hear people saying that Kajikembo might die – I look at it more as a marketing thing. Like I think one of the things, not that it's dying, but one thing that can really help Kajikembo 
would be to stop telling people when they're doing something else that they're not doing Kaja Campbell. So like I have my, my, my boxer who's retired. He wants to get, he's doing his, his debut full contact kickboxing match coming up in Osaka in December. And I asked him, I said, you're going to fight, right? He's like, yeah. Hey, um, I know you don't like red because he doesn't like wearing the Kaja Campbell red t-shirt because he, he says red is not his color. So, <laughs> so either way, you got a pink shirt for him. <clears throat> so I told him, Hey man, I know it's not your color, but when you go out there and fight, can you wear the Kaja Campbell shirt? Just so everybody sees it as Kaja Campbell. Is that cool? He's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, all right. So he's like, but that's part of my, for me personally, my mm-hmm. deal is I don't care what my students go and do, but please just put Kaja Campbell on there. Where, say that you came from the school. That's all I ask. When you sign up for a tournament, I don't care if it's a no-gi jiu-jitsu tournament or if it's MMA or if it's boxing or if it's kickboxing. When you sign up and they say where you're coming from, put on their, put on their level up gym, team Kajukenbo Hyogo Japan. That's all I want you to put on there. I just want the name Kajukenbo there so that the public clearly sees where you came from. And then later we can have the conversation about what is conversation, what is Kajukenbo? Because even us, even we can't, <laughs> even we can't coherently answer that question so like and that that's what i think is that's what i that's what i've taken away from from cross training at successful gyms so that's my my answer of whether or not kaju kembo is dying I, I actually agree with many of you i don't think it's dying um but if there ever was a risk of it dying that would be the risk it would be mostly marketing yeah. I think we have to say in response. So go ahead, Nata. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry to. Uh, uh, the problem with me is uh, with my view is that where we draw the line, actually. So if we see environment in martial arts nowadays, it's it's kind of a, a growth ecosystem with uh, people in Krav Maga or even karate that are taking. Oh, this is a nice technique from Kaju Kembo. Let's apply to my karate and that's let's. Karateka, the technique. So this is happening in Krav Maga. It happens a lot. This is happening in Kaju Kembo also, but it's normal because it's in our concept. But the thing is, where do we draw the line? Uh, we are trying not to talk about what is Kaju Kembo, but everybody took their 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 way in it. So for me, I, I have a, a problem without not with without uh, drawing a bit of a line in. Uh, know your katas at least some of them and know your uh, counters some of them and know your abc some of them so for me it's important to to have this this kind of a mentality and then if you have the extras on your school that are great that are good for your development by all means this is very important but if we don't draw the line we will not have kaju kembo either way because we talked about cultural part of it and i think it's very important important the cultural part but we have to make it in a way that the martial art part is there also because like rob told told uh, uh, in the last intervention uh we have the mma that gives a lots of answers but the cultural part is very different so this is a martial art this has a cultural part in it so we have to develop and keep going with this if we don't have this part Yes, Kaju Kembo will vanish because ultimately it will be a Krav Maga MMA thing. And what's the difference for, for people? What's the difference, actually? So the cultural part is very important. The sport part can be important, but we don't agree on rules. So don't, that's very hard for now. But afterwards, we can go and make, like Angelo said, make some tournaments there and there and make Kaju Kembo known. But we have to have a line of, of work, at least. 
uh, even if it's different basketball a line of work basketball I'll, I'll, I'll never tell i'll yep. never tell a student to wear a kaja kebo shirt to a basketball game <laughs> like, <laughs> if they're playing basketball i will draw a line <laughs> that's the line be, that's the line yep. it has to be martial arts <laughs> actually 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 i wear a kaja kebo t-shirt in my last uh, basketball <laughs> thing so. damn it not the <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, oh, you the, you know, the, the problem <laughs> is to draw some, some lines and to have some ways where we see Kaju Kembo working, but not all goes because if it's called goes, Krav Maga is doing that and it's calling everything Krav Maga. And I had some instructors of mine said, uh, I don't have the, the power of communication of Krav Maga. I do things like almost like them. They are starting, starting to make Kaju Kembo techniques and MMA techniques and mix it up. So where do we draw the line? So if we, if you don't draw the line, at least I think it's that that's for me. It's a, it's a, the menace for Kaju Campbell because the cultural thing you have you have to keep keep going. The development of the arts within each one uh, mentality has has to keep going. But if we don't draw a technical minimal line, it will perish. If we don't see Kempo in Kaju Campbell, for me, I'm sorry, it's not it's not uh, Kaju Campbell. If we don't see Kempo strikes, if we don't see this work. I think this will go further and further into the line of sparring, further and further into the line of MMA, and Kaju Kembo will be lost. But ultimately, it's a Kempo style, and if we don't have that, we don't have Kaju Kembo. Rob, what are you thinking? Can't hear you. Uh, oh. Oh, okay. Getting a sound issue thing solved here. This is a test of how effective Kajakembo is. If we can, if we can communicate without audio. No, we hear you. That's a special power. <laughs> well, we're here, Anthony. Yeah, you know, you're Rob. <laughs> Rob, can you hear us? Rob is stalled. No, he's, he's stopped. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Rob can hear. Oh, oh gooing. Uh-oh. That's the gooing. That's that's not a good gooing. That's the. That's the it stopped and it started again going. Um, Anthony was saying something. I don't know. Oh wait! No, oh wait! No, he's, no. Wait! Wait! Going. I think he's wait. Where is it? I think. No. Oh, Zoom is crashing on me. Oh no! Microphone died, and now Zoom is crashing. Uh, oh no! Oh no! I hear you. Um, I got one last thing to say before we end the show. Whenever you're ready on that. Back. Anthony is there also. Only Rob. Even come back. Yeah, so Only Rob, Rob is offline. Yeah, I told I told Rob to, to leave and come back on, oh. on Facebook. So while while Rob is figuring out his thing, um, yeah. John, you had some things you want to touch on. Yeah, you mentioned Sijo saying, well, kickboxing, that's not Kaiju Kembo, this not Kaiju Kembo, that's not Kaiju Kembo, whatever. I think if he's the founder and he's saying that, we might need to respect the fact that one day Kaiju Kembo will die. And it's been a humble art. It's been people who fight from the heart and fighters who are very, very humble and great warriors. And I think we need to accept that if Kaiju Kembo does die someday as an art, that's okay because it'll still be in history. Because if what we are, if we become something that CJO never wanted and he's the founder, yeah. Maybe it's okay to go and create something new afterwards. We can always move forward. 
Sija did some very powerful things in order to try to, 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 to establish boundaries. Um, there, were, there were people in my lineage um, who were not allowed to say they were Kajakembo for a while and they were brought back in the fold. Um, he did some things that he ended up kind of regretting and changing his mind later. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think it's fair to say that Bruce Lee's similar. There are other people that are similar, but with Kajakembo, the, you know, the, 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 the bringing in Western boxing, bringing a lot of these, these concepts, um, you know, that's such a huge early innovative thing that Kajakembo did. Um, yeah. And it's, I guess the analogy might be like, if you, if you took, took judo and then you added all the, the martial aspects back into judo, um, that's kind of what they were trying to do with the black belt society. They had very limited things and then they're like, well, wait, if we're on the street and we try this out, it doesn't work. So let's, let's look at what, what are we missing? And then, Oh, Western boxing or Kali or. Yeah. I think that he, he had an image of what it was supposed to be. And like I said earlier, the ideals of Kajakembo will never die because there will always going to be people who want the real stuff for the fight. The art, what people call Kajukembo, that might die. I, I disagree with that, John. I disagree okay. in a way that uh, I think that there's a space for all things in, in terms of, of development of martial arts or sports, called combat sports. I think in combat sports, Kajukembo was nothing. It will never be in combat sports, in, the, in at least in the next years, because all the rules are already mostly covered, you know, so it's hard to, to develop in that, in that way. In the martial arts reign, if I may call, or realm, uh, you, you can see that uh, all, the, all the different arts that were put together to make Kaju Kembo were not like, uh, let's make some of this, make some of this, let, let's mix it up. And it's, it's also a personal perspective. Of, mm -hmm. of Sijo and also uh, uh, the the other founders, but also the guys that went uh, went through after after the founding, Marina Taunawak, uh, other other people. Um, uh, these were personal perspectives uh, put uh, down, and also the the difference was really the 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 assuming the word Kajukembo is a mixed martial art because mixed martial arts already existed. It's not right. a novel. Jujutsu exactly. came yeah. from judo. So jujutsu came before judo. Before that, they were bujutsu. Though, mm -hmm. so these kinds of things were things that let's work, let's let's make war. How how does this work? We will not keep just striking like this, and this will be enough. We have to go to the ground. We have to use our our weapons, etc. So mixed martial arts were also always there. Mm -hmm. The 19th century uh, spread them around in styles, and. Uh, in the 40s and 50s, Kajukembo just reunited this and assumed this is a mixed martial art. Uh, of course, the problem is a problem of communication, organization. Mm -hmm. Kajukembo was a very family-oriented thing, and, uh, and, and it is uh, still. So mm -hmm. right now, I do think that Kajukembo will not die, that mm -hmm. if it keeps with the martial arts work, I don't, I don't, I don't need to take away the spar. I don't need to take mm -hmm. away the development of different things. But if I'm going in a pursuit for what's better for the street or what's better for the fight, um, we will all end up doing the same things. Everybody oh, yeah. will end up doing yeah. the same things. Oh yeah, and, so, and just to be clear, that that's what I'm saying. Kaiju Kembo itself will never die. I agree that what we call the yeah. art 
so, so I think so I think I think you have to, you have to put the 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 accent the 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 the, the energy I'm if I if I yeah the energy you have to put it in the martial arts part and mm -hmm. make sure that this martial arts is open to make sparring a good sparring to make weapon training to make this this kinds of thing that we do but uh, if we lose the cultural part as you said and if you lose the the the, the knowledge of the program and uh, wait we don't have to do it like in the original metal all, all the time right right, right, right. To, to 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 develop and to to, uh, to keep keep going but if we lose this uh, conductive uh, uh, way of thinking into what was the the meaning at the beginning, mm -hmm. we will lose Kaju Kembo. I don't care if you don't see Kaju Kembo like myself or other guys. That's that's not a problem. But right. you have, to have some some connection to it in cultural. Yes, that's that's fine. But we can do that in a dancing group or in a, in a metal group or whatever. We yeah, can have yeah. our metal culture and yeah, go ahead. But then in Kaju Kembo, if you lose this part of the culture but also the part of the the connection with the techniques that were made in the 50s then we are losing kaju kembo in my opinion and with that i do agree yeah yeah and so think, for, for me yeah sorry uh, uh, sorry so ahead, i think i think one of the things i noticed when i went to uh one of the things that mma is lacking um, is and I, and, I, and this is coming from someone who's a retired, I say amateur MMA fighter, but I actually did a pro fight, long story. Um, but yeah, uh, this is coming from someone who did MMA. I've done MMA, I've fought in the cage, I've trained with MMA, quote unquote, guys, MMA gyms out in Japan. And one thing that I did notice amongst them, uh, there's a big difference between culturally, and this is the, this is the psychology part of my show. There's a big difference between culturally how people do martial arts going back to what Renato said that we're very u.s centric when we talk about stuff is what i noticed when i did the reason i avoided mma gyms for so long in america is because there was just a certain prototype of person that did mma that i did not i don't want like. to say i don't want to say <laughs> agree with i, I didn't them. i didn't identify i didn't identify with I didn't identify with that's that's that, that would be the word I would use. I didn't mm -hmm. identify as someone who did MMA because I thought from the people I met that said they did MMA and the things that I saw on TV about MMA I was like, that's not me. But then later when I finally went into an MMA gym um, in Japan, I never stepped into an MMA gym in America because of what I saw happening. Um, when I finally walked in in Japan, I noticed people that were just like me and I'm like, Oh, in Japan, because culturally they have a, a different ideal on how they do things and operate. Um, it can be done with a lot of respect. It can be done with, 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 it can be done in a way where everyone respects each other. And even though they don't have quote unquote ranks, they do file follow a certain hierarchy. And there is kind of, a senpai kohai system because you can't root that out of japan society that happens not only in martial arts it happens in business it happens everywhere yeah. this there's good points and bad points to this but doing mma with them and you've seen a lot of mma fighters say that when they come out to train in japan they come back different they come mm -hmm. back different they're like hey that changed me that was different that was different yeah. it's different um and i think 
that's what Kaju Kembo has. We have a lot of the same stuff, but we have that element because we do wear the dogies, because we are heavily influenced by some of the Japanese styles. We kind of have that in there. And that's what makes us fundamentally different from just your regular MMA gym in the U.S. I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus on the U.S. on this one because that's what turned me off to the U.S. ones. But then later I, I traveled to China and I met an American running an MMA school there. And the way he ran things was very similar to a, I mean, there's no hierarchy because he's in China and he's an American, but he was very laid back, but his approach was very practical and there was an actual format. It just wasn't a bunch of people hitting their, hitting the mitts and, and then sparring for 30, 45 minutes, right? There was, there was actual format. There was actually a, you can see a curriculum in what he was doing. So like, I think yeah, that, I think that's what happens is because Kaju Kimbo does have a framework that we've all, we all agreed we're going to, and I know I'm trying to avoid going to the, what is Kaju Kimbo, but um, <laughs> we can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have a framework that we kind of work with, whether we decide to go on, whether use that framework or not use that framework. We've all agreed that there's a framework, which makes us work together easier, which is why in America specifically, you see MMA schools have so many rivalries where you can't have someone from one MMA school go to the MMA school because there's just going to be a fight, an actual fight, because it turns out that MMA school has some fighter that's they're both competing for some sort of professional thing and there's money involved. So there's a there's a bunch of blood beef rivalry happening. And yeah. and Ooh. that's where that's where you get that where and that sometimes happens in Kajakimbo too. But we do have this framework that we can kind of agree upon as far as this is what we're kind of doing and a common goal that we're kind of trying to reach. Um, and that's what makes it special. Yeah. Just very fast, Angelo. Sorry, guys. Uh, the guys sometimes come to my gym because they, they search for different things. And they tell me many times, I've done Krav Maga. Uh, um, I kind of like it. But when I come to Kaju Kembo classes, I can go here or there and, or there, and I have some connections. Whereas in, in, in Krav Maga, they all do the different things in terms of what they are developing with little connection, with lesser connection than us, of course, uh, I think, uh, at least in Europe, I, I may say. But uh, and that's important. If you don't have these connections, um, people will not relate to, to what, what, what we are doing, actually. So for me, it's very important to, to develop that part also. Don't be overwhelmed with uh, your, your self-defense uh, counters, but know some, uh, yeah. train some. No, and then don't, also, uh, so oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 that, that's it. Actually, okay. Um, I'm just uh, so uh, just to go back, Rob, Rob, uh, Rob's internet cat crashed, but he sent me. I, I'm going to speak from the book of Rob because I want you to read my words like Mo Moses. So I'm speaking that's for the book. Is that a picture of like a church, man? So I'm going to do this. Let's do it. <laughs> so I'm reading for the book of Rob here. <laughs> so um, just to finish off his thought, I think Kaju Kempo has two contemporaries, Jikundo in terms of philosophy and Kyukushin in terms of similar expression. Um, JKD has his marketing taken care of because of Bruce Lee. That art exploded because they had a giant name spearheading them, and that name will carry them to the end of time. Um, 
Kyukushing has changed a lot since its inception, but ultimately it still looks the same. You're still going to be wearing three-quarter sleeve gis and say uso over and over again and focus on devastating punches to the body and kicks to the leg. But Kyukushing looks distinctively different from other karate styles and such as has a very specific culture that can only be found in that art. So the way I see it, Kajikimu needs either A, a Bruce Lee type figure, which is what you said, someone or, or someone's that are proudly shouting Kajikembo as they win fights or make movies or or whatever mark they make in, in culture. And I added that myself. Uh, or and then uh, da, 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 or a distinct, interesting culture that attracts people to it. This kind of goes on to what Kenato was talking about with the Krav guys finding Kajikembo being different. Mm-hmm. We can't just be karate in a black gi or Kempo, but with judo. There's got to be something to the idea of Kajikembo in terms of practice, appearance, or customs that make people say, that's cool. I want to be a part of that. Um, B, that's my closing thoughts on the matter. Or B, and then star, then that's it. (laughs) I think that was B. Or distinct interesting culture. That's his B. That that was his B point. Um, And then he said, thank you for, thanks for inviting me on the show. (laughs) There, that is for the book of Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and, I, and I think with that, uh, let's take one more shot here. Hang on one second. Okay. Oh, okay. well, well, while we're waiting for John, we'll have to the track we'll track. yeah. Th- thank you very much for coming out and being speaking a part of the hundredth episode. <laughs> and thinking of congrats again for the the great work you're doing, man. It's been it's been fun. <laughs> Cheers. It has. Cheers. Anthony, you were about to say something? No, I was just saying that Renato's been promoting the name of this drink that he's drinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm a seller. So if, if you like rum, I do recommend it myself. Go for it. Well, um, yeah, that's uh, that. I think that wraps up the 100th episode pretty well. Uh, it was uh, a lot about Kaju Kembo. Uh, I just want to let my, my listeners know that um, I know I talk a lot about Kaju Kembo. Originally, this podcast was supposed to be about psychology and martial arts. And the reason I moved, and I, I announced this before I started the Kajukembo series. The reason it became all a lot about Kajukembo was because I just felt, going back to what I said earlier about the marketing, that we lacked this marketing element. And at one point, I didn't want to make a Kajukembo podcast because I already had a certain amount of people following the show. And I figured, why start all over again and have to siphon people into something else um, when I can just keep doing my show and keep kind of doing bits on psychology, keep making YouTube videos about substance abuse, even though we're drinking, um, <laughs> and, and, and other psycho, other psychology issues, uh, suicide and suicide awareness. I can still do this stuff, but I can still talk about Kaja Kembo as well. And I think that was the whole point. That's the whole point. <laughs> See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Evil. Back to alcohol. <laughs> so again, thank you everybody for coming out for the 100th episode. It's much appreciated, and uh, and thanks for supporting the show. That's um. Tell Mickey uh, to watch his calendar better next time. <laughs> well, Mickey Mickey told me he may or may not make it. He told me that. <laughs> he said I probably will not make it because I, I get. I think he has a boxing event tonight. So ah, okay, okay, okay. He's, uh, oh, wow. he's got some. He's got some fight happening, and he's coaching. And he wasn't going to be done till like he wasn't going to be done till this podcast was finished recording. So okay, fair enough. 
Well, with that being said, thank you very much. And to my listeners, really appreciate it. Uh, if you got through this and this was your first episode, what a fucking episode to listen to for your first episode. That's all I got to say. with you? All I got to say is I can't believe you listened to the whole thing. <laughs> you must have been very lost. And I do recommend you go back. Um, if you want to start with the martial arts episodes, that was about three years ago. Just jump into the Kaja Kembo series on YouTube. And it'll it'll be focused in Kajakembo. If you want it all, I've interviewed a prostitute. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, check it out. It's in the other social jello. <laughs> What'd you say about me? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't uh, have to say that, John. <laughs> now your cover, your cover is over. <laughs> if we were being taped and, we're, and I was drinking too, we could go down the road. <laughs> and, and legally, I should say I did not interview a prostitute. Um, I interviewed a quote-unquote sex worker. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of episodes out there that do go into psychology. In the first, like if you like what you've heard about the Kajikimbo series, and you want to see this kind of stuff, I did make a lot of my podcast drastically changed three years back. But if you go into the social jello part of the YouTube channel. Or if you're just on listening to this on a podcast, if you go back to episode one, you're gonna see a big difference between episode one and like episode 60 or 70, because that's when I started doing the Kaju Kembo series. I still like that stuff, but um, I just found that this was more I'm more passionate about this topic, which is why I decided to hone in on it a little more. And and I had and, and we can hear you play a song also, so that's good. Oh yeah, yeah. There's music. There's music. <laughs> there's music. There's dancings. There's there's sex workers. Check it out. Calling <laughs> <laughs> <Don't laughs> <give> me that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, and I'll catch you all next time. <laughs> Peace. Aloha. Aloha. Fucking punk core